Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening and joining in. If you're coming back from episode one, this is episode two of I'm Single Because, and this is Andrea, your host. And if you are just tuning in, please listen to the first one and welcome to the second one. I know this has taken me a little bit to get to my second one. I was sick for a while and trying to get better and heal, and I didn't want to have to come on with this like kind of gruff voice that they're like who's that person someone took over (laughs) um and I wanted to make sure that I was 100% so I can get get back into it so I'm hoping to put out some new content here in the next week a little bit more and then get back to um doing a once a week upload so let's just dive right into it um it's exciting right now there's a lot going on and I am like in this whirlwind and I'm excited and for the future, everything unfolding. I have currently have a BA in psychology and I've been work I worked on that for a very long time. It took me a really long time to get where I needed to be. Uh during that time of my bachelor's, I lost my father, I lost my grandmother. There's other things that happened in my life, just life things. And then I moved from Arizona to New York. So that was a transition. I finished my degree in New York at Syracuse University. And that took a little bit, had to take a break, had some things go on with um, a relationship at the time. And I knew that I couldn't focus on school. So I just kind of worked for a little bit, then went back in. So it's been, it's, it's been a journey, let's just say that, of uh, obtaining a bachelor's. And I'm finally diving into my career a little bit more. I'm transitioning from jobs currently. I'm really excited for that. And I will be starting my master's at the end of July. That I'm very excited for because my end goal is to eventually obtain a PhD and practice and counsel and do work with PTSD, grievance counseling, working with kids in prevention and working with the military. So kind of diving into a little bit and then kind of bringing in kind of relationships psychology like with couples and marriage counseling things like that so it's a little bit of everything clinical is the route that I'm going and I'm really excited I'm really really excited to see this journey kind of unfold I think there's that moment I don't know if it's like that with everyone else but I I've worked on it for so long and then you get to the end part and you're like whoa this is, I mean, I'm not at the end, but I'm getting closer to that end goal. And it's like, this is a reality. Like this goal, this dream that you've been thinking of and wanting to do for so long is finally evolving into happening. (laughs) And it's like, yes. (laughs) And that's the hard part is like you talk about it for so long and it's there and it's on the, your brain and you know that that's what you're working towards because the journey is the journey. You're like, all right, all right, all right. And it's not that I feel that I didn't think I would achieve this, but it's more of a reality now. It seems like it's on the tip of the tongue, like it's in reach, it's in front of you, you're seeing it, you're viewing it, but you still got to make way to get there. So I'm excited for this journey and ready for it. So that's that's kind of what I've been working on for a little bit too while trying to heal and get back into motion of everyday living. But let's just dive right in. The This podcast, I would like to start with talking about relationships. 
really kind of diving into this new age cultural dating scene. Maybe not so new age, but been in, been I, I've been seeing it evolve over the years. I was married when I was younger and my husband passed away. He was in the military. So I am a widow. Um, I have a son. And after he passed, I didn't really want to jump right into a relationship. I needed time to process. It was a lot. I was 24 years old thinking that I had my future in front of me that was I was blissfully happy. There's nothing in that moment that could have touched me. And I was like, you can't bring me down. I'm good. I got my husband, my baby. We're living our life and you're just watching this develop and you're talking about having another kid and everything is just working out. At this time, I was going to school online and while he was being deployed and we were talking about our future, basically, where you're going to, where I was going to go with it when he came back from deployment, if he was going to re-enlist, if he wasn't. And that was kind of a back and forth thing. And me furthering my career, because he's like, you kind of put your stuff on hold for me. And I never thought I did. It never felt like I did. It was just life, moving together, grooving together. And he just always was like, you kind of adjusted your life for me, and I want to do that for you. So let's kind of talk about where you want to go. And then this whirlwind kind of hit and changed everything. You know, 24 years old, you don't expect to be burying your husband and having a one and a half year old in your arms while you're doing it. So when I thought about dating after that, like I couldn't, I couldn't because I was trying to just make way through life. I was trying to figure it out. And I was trying to unfold that dynamic of, I am a 24-year-old widow, not a single mother. It hits you. You reevaluate everything. So I was living in North Carolina at the time, and I decided to pack everything up, grab my son, and went, well, here's the time, Andrea. Literally sat down one day, thought to myself, if you can't do it on your own, like this is this is it. Like you got to go prove it to yourself. Go get on your feet. Don't I mean I could have went back. I I'm, I'm from New York. I could have came back to New York and been around all the family. I have all the support. Not that I didn't have the support even if I moved to Arizona, but Arizona was a place where I did have some family there, but I felt like I could have been more independent and really focused on me and my son without like here, do this, be this way, act this way, here's some more support, or here's this support. And I know it sounds weird. It's like, oh, you're, you don't want the support. It's like, no, 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 I do want the support. But I'm a very independent person that's like, I got this. I'm going to do this. We're going to work through this. This is the place. And I felt gravitated to go. I felt like it was a good step in a direction, especially during that time. So anything that came up that was like, this is a good step in a direction, go. Go take a new adventure, start this path, and this is the direction you need to head towards. So I get there and start school and all of that and living life and working through all all of these things. That'll be another podcast I'll pull into how I kind of work through all of that. Um, And then (laughs) lo and behold, there's this word called dating relationships that you're 
detach from after you bury the person that you decided you were going to be with for the rest of their life. And you're like, oh yeah, that thing. Hmm. Do we want to do that again? <laughs> do we not want to do that again? I don't know yet. But then you have people saying like, you'll date again, you'll do it again. And don't worry, you'll find someone again. And they're like, you know, nicely. Yeah, 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 we will. Yep, yep, yeah, I can. I, and you're kind of like secretly rolling your eyes in your head and going, people get off my back. Be like, let me do this on my own time. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. It took a few years to kind of develop that want to get back in there. Um, it was interesting. Let's say this. Very interesting. I, I mean, I met my husband when I was young. I it was very relaxed, easygoing. And when I started to walk into this new culture of dating, this new idea of the word of a relationship and what it meant, I was like ready to run out in the opposite direction, set that culture on fire and leave it behind me because (laughs) I was like, I don't think I want to do this. (coughs) Um, Excuse me. I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to get involved in this. It's and it took time to understand what it was for me. Like it took time. It definitely did. Like to understand what I wanted from a relationship, what I wanted from an interaction, what I wanted from this new way of being, the single woman widow who is now having to start over again. And it was that, I think that was the part that I could not detach from. I was like, I have to do this again. You go on a date with a guy and it's like, this guy was the worst person. Why am I here? Why? And I think it kind of, every time I would go out with, with a person and, you know, I could go out with someone that's really good and it'd be a good date. We'd interact really well. And there was a few that I had that when I was in Arizona and that were, there were really good dates. There's really, really good guys, really great potential of like partnership, but I also wasn't really ready. I was just trying to see how I fit into this new world because it was, it was like a foreign land to me. It was like a completely different world. I was in a spacesuit <laughs> walking around going, do I belong here? Do I not belong here? Like, what did I just enter into? And then it's like dealing with the interactions. And I and I think this is anybody that's dating right now. And I'm sure that people can be like, oh, oh no, we know. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you're like, what kind of personality am I going to get from this person? And I always feel like there's this like three-month marker I don't know if it's like this for men with women, but I know it's like, or other women with men or vice versa, whatever, anyone with anyone. Um, (laughs) I'm sitting here going, uh, what? There's a three month thing. Like I started seeing a pattern and you talk to someone, they're like, good, 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 good. And then at three months, they're like, here's my weird, throwing it at you. I like the ones that throw the weird right away because then you can decipher like, yeah, I'm not about that. Um, But there is, I think that's going to be another podcast, the dates that I've been on, because that, that's an intricate one. Let me tell you, listeners, some of the dates, I'll give you a, huh, I'll give you a one right now, and then I'll pull in from another. If you guys want to uh, write in my email, 
um, I can leave that and <laughs> see if you guys want to hear about the uh, about the dating episodes and if you want to have that pulled into early, uh, later on content. But there's one date that I went on to. This actually, I'll say my first date. Very first date I went on. I met this guy out. He seemed interested. He was quiet. Just kind of came up randomly at a farmer's market, I think I was at. I think I was at a farmer's market. I was just out. It was like daytime out. He came up, chit-chat a little bit. And he's like, do you, you seem, this is like coming on maybe strong. Would you like to go out? And I was like, uh, and I said, yes, very random. I was like, okay. So we go on this date and we just go to get dinner. It's at like a restaurant bar. We're sitting there and (laughs) the entire time did not look at me, did not speak to me, like looked up at the TV in the corner and I would try to talk to him. I'd be like, uh, so what do you do for a living? And he just looked at me, he goes, worked. And then would look back up and I was like, okay, like this is my first date. Like I'm nervous enough as it is. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm not sure. I'm like, but I'm going to try. Like just, I always kind of went in like just, this is, this is no expectations. Just sit down. It's just a person like any other person you can talk to. So I'm sitting down and he is not staring at me, not looking at me, just drinking and eating and just completely ignoring everything that I'm trying to say to him or whatever and communicate. And I'm, it's like, trying I'm like squeezing a rock and hoping I get water from it and I'm like ooh. so I'm like okay I'm just kind of like done so you get done eating I'm like all right I'm 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 done and he's like oh did you want to go do anything else I was like no just staring at him like what you didn't even talk to me now you want to go I was like no I'm gonna go home thank you I leave and he texts me and he goes that was an amazing date. I'd like to go on another one. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? That was amazing. I was like, are you serious right now? And he's like, yeah, it was great. I had a good time. You're a great person. Um, I think he even said the interaction was amazing. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I'm like, maybe he was nervous. I was kind of nervous. It was kind of weird. All right, let's go on a second date. So at the time, my neighbor uh, worked at this car dealership and she's like, I have hockey tickets. If you ever want to go to a hockey, she's like, I know you like hockey. If you ever want to go to a hockey game with your son. And I was like, yeah. So I asked her and I was like, Hey, do you still have hockey tickets? And she got them free through her work. And she's like, yeah. And I go, cool. So I got the hockey tickets from her and I asked the guy, I was like, Hey, I got these hockey tickets from a friend. Do you want to go? It's not going to cost us anything like whatever, like just chill. Let's try this again. Maybe give him a second chance. Maybe he's kind of nervous, whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this again. And I was like, all right. So (laughs) the hockey game is like 45 to 50 minutes from where I live. He's on the way. So I was like, all right, I can come pick you up. (sighs) Don't normally... (laughs) Don't normally do that, but I was like, oh, I've been out with him. He doesn't seem like he's like off. I mean, he doesn't talk to me. So I was like, all right. So <coughs> first mistake, Andrea. First rookie move in back into the dating world. I didn't I didn't know. Don't pick up the guy. 
that doesn't talk to you on the date. Be like, I'm going to meet you there. Better for you. So I go to his house, text him. I'm outside. I'm not going to go up to his house. I'm not going to. He was in an apartment complex. It was kind of crazy. And he's like, it's kind of hard to find my complex. And so I was like, all right. So I pick him up, tell him what car I'm in. He comes out, gets in the car. We drive to the hockey game. It's like five minutes down the road from where he lives, basically. So we get there. Still not, didn't talk to me in the car. Didn't say anything to me. I was like, hey, how are you? And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, man, this is not going to start out good. So get to the hockey game. And I really like hockey. Like, I'm not a big giant sports person, right? Growing up, my family, they're like sports fanatics. Everything. Like, big parties all the time. My brothers were in sports. My older brother was heavy, heavy in sports. My younger brother was middle brother. Sorry. I'm the youngest. He's my middle brother. And he's he was into sports for a while and then got out. But, like, just really heavy sports family like relatives same and same they're very just like all about it so I never really super got into it like I did sports a little bit when I was younger but I love hockey and it was the one sport that like my family didn't really get super involved in so I don't know maybe that's why maybe that's why but I just I don't know I really liked it I remember talking to this kid in like third grade third or fourth grade about it he was a hockey kid he would talk to me about Wayne Gretzky all the time and I was like this sounds awesome you tell me all about it and I'm like I love hockey it sounds like it's wicked cool like <laughs> I'm like I'm about it so I got really into hockey and when I go to a game I get really into it. I'm like involved I'm like yeah get the like cheering I can't fake it right now I have to be in it because I'm just gonna sound like a doofus like yeah go get get the get the goal so (laughs) so we're at the game and we're hanging out and he's sitting next to me and these this entire family I believe they're from Canada they were awesome like I was getting involved they were getting involved like we're like in rooting coyotes are playing we're like yes this is awesome like all this stuff is going on and and um but prior to this sorry I'm getting ahead of myself prior to this they did their you know the Canadian anthem the national anthem and honored our um our veterans so obviously here I am being a widow stand up in respect and this man sat next to me just sitting there needless to say he knew that like she had I was a widow he passed away and he was military and he just sat there and he just sat there and he's like so you're standing and I was like well yeah I'm honoring the men and women that had died for our country hence my husband or fight for our country or support our country like and then it's just respectful like it's a respect it's I I respect there is a lot of respect that I have for first responders for our military for anyone that suffers for this country and goes above and beyond for it there's no words and then comes back and deals with the stresses and anxiety and the beat downs of cultural verbal aggression towards them and it's it's not easy it's not easy to handle so of course if the least I can do is stand up and honor that then that's what I'm gonna do and it's 
not forced upon me. And I get it. Everyone has their right to do whatever. But it's like, we're on a date, dude. You like, we, uh, okay. I was like, all right, all right. So that was kind of a sour thing personally for me. Not everyone would take it in a sour aspect, but that was a sour aspect for me already. One, you're not talking to me. Two, I ask you a question, you don't respond. Three, now you're not standing and then you're making fun of me for standing? Like, what? Dude, you are, uh, okay, disrespectful, silent weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and then proceeds to make fun of me for the for cheering at a hockey game and he's like oh so you're really into this huh and I'm like yeah I like hockey I told you and then it's like whoa whoa whoa. get really into it sound really loud right now and I'm like "Mm, that's the most you've talked to me is to and there was other things that were stated but it's like the most you talk to me is to degrade me for my excitement and try to kind of manipulate the situation at the same time I was like "Mm, yeah this date is officially going to be done so <laughs> hopefully soon and I was like crap I picked him up and now I have to take him home <coughs> and the and that's like kind of the first part of me dating there's a little bit more that happened later on um but then on the drive at the end of everything that happened on the drive home he had to I know I dropped him off at his house he was like he made a comment and he goes so we hanging out after, am I going to your place? You come to my place? And I go, excuse me? Uh, no, that's not happening. And he's like, well, why not? I go, one, you're still like a perfect stranger to me. I'm not going to come into your house and you expect what from me? I know what you expect from me, but that's not happening. He's like, well, I'll go to your house. I'm like, excuse me? I was like, um, I have a child. He is at my house right now with the babysitter. I need to get back to him. So then I'm there in the morning for him and not some with some strange dude. Like, who do you think who who do you think I am? And also, like, who are you to be that presumptuous? You have not talked to me in the time frame that you did talk to me. You're degrading me. Excuse me? No, I'm not going to take you back to my house where my son lives and is sleeping and I live. That's my personal space. You will find out as this podcast unfolds, I I have a personal space thing. Like I, my home is my home. I respect my home. That is my child's home too. I respect his space. I'm not going to bring a stranger into that space. I don't know you. That is not going to happen. So he gets insulted. He's like, well, uh, so when are you going to bring me around your kid? I go, uh, this is date number two, sir. Don't think there's got, actually, I corrected myself. I was like, um, don't, I go, I don't think, I go, no, no, no. There will be no more dates after this. I am, I'm not interested to someone in someone that's not communicating with me. I go, this is, this is not going well I'm like you think this is going well like this is not going well he's like well how long does it take you to get to meet somebody like or get bring someone in to meet your child and I was like I don't know that yet I've told you like this is the first date I've gone on this is the first interaction I've had with um, the opposite sex since I was with my husband like interaction wise date wise I mean obviously I've talked to men after that but it's like (laughs) I don't know. 
maybe two months, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe two years. It's my decision. I'm not going to just bring you into my home. I go, do you know the effects of what happened in my life and what how that has changed my son? And if I continue, and this is actually what I'm stating to him. I go, and if I bring in a rotating door of men coming through and going, who's this guy? Who's this guy? I go, do you know how much more stress and complication that could put upon him? I go, this is me personally. I'm not going to do that. My house is not going to be a, become an unsafe zone because there's randos coming in and my kid's going, huh? Who's this person? Daddy? Daddy? Like he's little. He was one and a half when his dad died. And he's like, oh, well, whatever. I was like, okay, please ex- exit my vehicle. <laughs> Have a good night. Goodbye forever. So he gets out of the car, closes it and the door and walks away and like you could see kind of looks back and he's like got the scowl on his face i get hightail it out of there drive as fast as i can i'm like i cannot believe i wasted hockey tickets on this bozo and did not bring my child instead we could have been eating hot dogs throwing our hands in the air woo rooting and tooting it and i was like i i just i was like hey you know what lessons learned (laughs) so that was my opening right to this world (laughs) of dating this culture that I'm now entering and that I've had to work through and try to unfold and really understand who I am in this and who I want to be in this because I think that's the end of the day when you start working in this like idea of dating someone whether you've lost someone or not just just the fact of being single in this current culture is difficult enough and I think the biggest thing is is I've had to work through like I've had those moments where met a guy like the guy a lot and then become like overly attached to that guy and not in a sense of like you're like nagging him constantly like on him, like, what are we going to see? What are we going to hang out? It's not that. It's more so this, that culture of 24-7 communication. I was not used to that. I was not used to that culture of dating. And then I dive into the world of dating and then it turns into, well, you're not texting me back and like, it's been five minutes. It's been two seconds. You didn't respond. What's going on? What's wrong? Are you mad at me? Or the... And I'm like, oh, what is happening? I ended up adapting to that and kind of evolving into that same type of a person that I was getting. And I was losing myself in this toxic view of, you need to talk to me. You owe me an explanation. You need to listen to me. You need to constantly feeling like you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to, or feeling like they needed to. Not even maybe putting that on like that on the males that I was talking to, like you need to do this. So over the years, I'm like, I've started to really like understand like why, why I can have a friendship with somebody, my best friend and all of my really good friends that I've had in my life. And I can go right now, like I have friends where I haven't talked to in forever. I haven't talked to in a month or like sometimes like we only talk once or twice a year 
but I don't get mad at them. And I'm not like, they're not getting mad at me. Like you never talk to me. We never text. We never, you don't call or this or that. It's like an unwritten rule where you're like, you got your life. I got my life. Like we can't always communicate, but why can't we have that in the dating world? Like, why does it have to be this completely different culture, right? Like they're like, okay, the difference is, is you're not dating that person. So you're not trying to build a relationship, but like, it's still a relationship, You're still building a relationship, a trusting relationship, a loyalty to the person, a strong bond of communication. Where do we stop that line to say like, okay, this person, especially with someone you're going to be intimate with and grow old with or whatever your idea of a relationship is, like your, your connectivity is a little bit stronger even within that relationship. Maybe that's what it is. Like people feel like it's stronger. So you have to communicate like every day with the person. But like when you're first starting and it's different, I feel like there's that phase, right? Where you're first starting to date. And I'm like, when I first start to date or see or talk to someone, I'm not, I don't want to hound them. I don't want to like overload and like have this like love bombing and that's like what I've called it for years is love bombing and I think it is like called that I have to look into it um what like the psychological aspect that they pull up into that one but I'm like oh you get these for me personally like I've gotten these guys that are like I'm so into you you're so amazing you're so this you're so that and I'm all about it and oh babe I feel like (laughs) if a man calls me babe and hun and sweet pea and all the whatever name right away (laughs) I'm like oh it's a red flag for me like that's like a after two days of calling me and hanging or talking or whatever and you're already calling me your baby not like you know some people are like okay yep I got it hun like they use it in their everyday vocabulary with everyone even perfect strangers not that it's the idea of like you are now mine. You're my hun and my babe. And I'm like, I am not your babe after a week of talking. Like, no, no. And then I think for me, it was standing my ground and having those healthy boundaries like that and not falling into that dating realm and losing yourself in it because you can completely lose yourself and identity when you're dating so it's like I have boundaries personal boundaries that I'm like I won't I'm not willing to cross I'm not willing to give up I'm not willing to fold and I'm not gonna say that I did not do those things I did after so long of dating people or talking to people you start to kind of can Not everyone does, but some people, like I did for a little bit, I started to kind of wear down my boundaries where I'd like accept some of the things that I didn't want to accept because you start to become, like I said, adapted to this new culture of something you're not used to. This new culture of dating for me was, why are we constantly having to talk to someone in the beginning 24-7? Like if a guy doesn't text me back, I used to get mad at times. I'd be like, oh, he ghosted me, that word. Ugh. Now I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like that word became such a prevalent piece of vocabulary in my past when I first, to the middle closest, like kind of that moment of starting to date. 
and they're like, oh, well, if a guy doesn't write you back and you text him and he doesn't say anything in like a day or two, then he ghosted you. And I was like, what? Who cares? He's got his own life. He's doing his own thing. Like, it doesn't matter. And I go, even, and they're like, oh yeah, that means he doesn't like you. I had girlfriends and friends and we all talked about it. And they're like, oh, that means he's not into you and you're like not good enough. And it's like this, like, wait a second, what? Why am I sitting here, right? Or anybody at that least, when you're talking to somebody and they, forever, whatever reason it is, right? Whatever reason their reason is, you may find out, you may never know. But why are you or myself or anybody taking on that energy and putting it upon yourself? You go into, and the way I see it is, I go into a relationship or interaction or communication with someone and here's who I am you're gonna get me this is me there's no there's no hidden agenda there's no trickery in three months from now I'm not gonna just start being a different person you're just gonna get me this is who I am and if the guy that I'm talking to realizes it's not for him that's on him that's not on me I didn't do anything that personally was like, hey, <laughs> I remember when I was younger, my mom and dad saying, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. You can't be everyone's friend. So why do we adapt now as adults going, we need everyone to like us. Everyone needs to be our friend and it's their, like, their energy like you have to be a part of my life and if you don't then you're an asshole or you're a jerk or you're a bitch or you're this or you're needy or you're clingy or whatever whatever degrading thing that someone throws on somebody else right where in in this part of life did we stop thinking that it's okay if someone doesn't like you it's okay if someone's not into you like even if the guy or whoever is not texting you back and he doesn't text you back and say you reach out and you're like, okay, he didn't say anything. Well, then give him time and figure it out. Why put the pressure on? Why like put the pressure on you? Do your life, live your life, go about your days. Let him do it. And if it, if it just works, if you want to talk to him, talk to him. If you don't, you don't. Like, if he wants to talk to you, he'll talk to you. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And then if it gets to that point where I feel like, hey, is like, is this, like, should I even bother anymore? Like, I've done that where I'm like, hey, should I even kind of bother texting anymore? But even now, I don't. I don't care. Like, if I want to talk to you, I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to talk to you. I'm not going to hound you. I'm not going to overkill it on you. I'm not going to just be like, where are you? Why are you texting? Why aren't you writing back? Whoa, what's going on? And I feel like now I say more than ever, and I see it more than ever when I when I interact with guys. Instantly, guys now, and it's funny because it's like that different generational point where it's like I'm in my 30s now compared to my my mid my well like my late 20s when I first first started dating. Now in my mid 30s, and then guys just disappear. But it's like you care more during that time. Like I cared more. I was like offended. Like how dare he? Oh, no, not how dare he. Who cares? He. Like, who cares? Like, I wish I could kind of go back to that girl and be like, it's not that big of a deal. But even then, it really wasn't super that big of a deal. Like, I was just more so like, 
you are not talking to me like douche like you can't even tell me I think I got more offended by the fact that they like couldn't tell me and just be open with me and then I would turn it into later on like why the frig am I here why am I here right now I don't need to be I shouldn't be here and I think that was me like developing that ability to understand like it wasn't anything other than the fact that like it's just they just it is what it, it was what it was it doesn't matter you don't actually always need clarification or justification in that and there are I will make a blanket statement there are times where it is messed up because you'll get people that are very toxic and very manipulative and try to do the whole like I'm gonna get you and pull you in and act like this is something that I'm gonna fall back but then I'm going to come back in because I need you there because you're my fallback or this this conversation actually can unfold into something completely way more than than just this little like where the basic culture is of dating when you start to really look at the manipulation of people the toxicity of people like and what they have gone through to get them there and I've only when I my past relationship that meant the most to me obviously the marriage that I had with my husband was so healthy so I go off that that's that like where people like oh you're always gonna I've had guys say to me you're always gonna compare me to your husband and I was like what no I'm not going to because you're not him and you will never be him and you should be respectful of that and understand that and actually not want to be compared to him you should want to be able to stand free and be you and be your own person like you can't compare the two people. You Even if he was alive. Even if it was just anyone else. Two people cannot be fully compared to someone. But you can compare. Like I can compare the fact of how I want to be treated. The fact that when I was in my marriage. I was treated amazingly. And I treated him amazingly. And we had a good healthy connection. And communication. And respect for one another. That's what I'm comparing it to. I want that again. No, I don't want you to be him because only he can be him. And he doesn't need to have anyone think that they should be him because then you're taking someone else's identity. Like, what? What? No, you don't. You are your own person and he is his own person. And you're not going to try to fit in the shoes of him. No one can fit in the shoes of anyone else. And you shouldn't want to. Um, but it's it's that... I know healthy, so I'm not going to settle for unhealthy. And there was a point in my life where I did, and I regret it. And I'm like, why did I do that? But I don't fully regret it because I learned so much from it. But you don't want to settle for unhealthy. You don't want to be like, move in this direction and be like, oh, I'm going to just do this. But it's, it's just that moment of this culture that we're in now this dating world and the world the just the intricacy of it and how if you don't stand your ground if you don't maintain your morals your morals really and your character you will fall into these moments of this like i need to text you every day kind of atmosphere if you're not talking to me that I'm not good enough or what am I what am I missing no no please 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 get away from that if the person does not talk to you or is not calling you or is not whatever time frame it may be it's okay like I recently I was talking to someone 
like a while, while back. And he's like not in another area, um, another state. And he actually reached out. It was probably one of the best conversations I had in a long time. He reached out and he's like, do you have a minute? I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay. So I, I don't know why. I was like, am I getting in trouble? What I do? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't think that. I was just like, all right, yeah. So we were chit-chatting and he apologized for ghosting me. And I said to him, I go, you ghosted me? And he goes, well, yeah, I just kind of disappeared. I go, you didn't ghost me. I didn't take it as that. I don't, I don't use that, that language anymore. And it's just kind of more recently that I've, I've really given my tough time to kind of develop and think about, and think about that. Cause I was like, I don't take it as ghosting anymore. I, I mean, unless you're telling me like, I want to talk to you. I want to be hanging out with you. I want to be with you. I want to be this. I want to be that. Do all this stuff, do all this stuff, do all this stuff. And that's all fine and dandy until like your words need to connect with your actions. But then it's like, if it's a manipulation thing, then that's a different story. And you can kind of really see if it's that manipulation toxicity, like the bouncing back and forth, or if it's just someone that's like, I don't know if I'm ready to be in this and still trying to figure my life out and I'm trying to do these things and I'm going to be kind of open and honest with you, but not to enough because I don't trust you enough. So it's like we had this discussion about it and I was like, when we first started talking, conversation was flowy. It was good. It was, you know, it, it was just good conversation back and forth. And then he came through and was like, I have some things I'm dealing with. Like he opened up and stated like, this is kind of what I'm dealing with. So in that moment, right, you can go as a person, if someone opens up to you like that, you can go like, I'm going to go in and try to be the best person I can and fix it and make sure like he sees me as this shining light and I'm going to be the one that he's like, I'm going to change overnight and everything's going to be fine. And if she's in my life, it's like, whoa, mm. <laughs> you can be that person or you can be this other person that's like, Here's someone that's opening up and telling me, I got some shit in my life. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I don't know what today, tomorrow, and the next day, and whatever brings. So that moment when he stated to me, there's these things going on, I mentally, cognitively was aware and said, okay, probably going to just be back and forth talking. And eventually he's going to fade out because he's got shit. So it's like, I'm not going to get mad about it. I'm not going to get anything about it. I'm not going to worry about it. So if we talk, we talk, we don't, we don't. Cool. And that's kind of what happened. Exactly what happened. So when he came out of the blue and was like, I'm going to apologize to you. And I was like, you really don't have to, but I appreciate it. I appreciate your apology. I accept your apology. But also you did state you were going through things. Like I heard you on that. I'm not going to push you into whatever. And like your mind and this is I kind of had this like process thought process during the time and I was like your mind kind of does things I feel to purposely like protect you and we might not always be consciously aware that we're doing it I had this moment when I first started dating and I always would get frustrated with guys because I'm like please don't tell me what you don't like because once you say it I'm going to sabotage by doing those things. Because <laughs> at the time, I really didn't want to date anyone. I didn't want to get serious with anyone. I just wanted to start trying to think about maybe getting in this world. And I would express this. I'm like, I, 
not ready to be in a relationship. I just want to try to figure this out. I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for what the future could bring one day. And I don't want to shy away from it because if I shy away from it, then I just become this person that never dates and then always sits and want something that she knows she'll never have again. And by when I'm saying that, it means I'll never be able to get my husband to be alive again and have him at home. So to me, acceptance is the best process for this. It's like, here's acceptance. You're By accepting it doesn't mean you're okay with it. It doesn't mean that it's like, oh, yay. No, obviously not. But it's healthy to move forward mentally for stability. I have a child. I can't just be like, I'm not going to ever be in a relationship again and I'm going to shy away. And if that's the case, then that's the case for some people. Some people won't ever want to really be in a relationship again, but they can still progressively get through it. To me, I know, like, do I really know at the end of the day, will I be in a relationship again? I cannot say yes or no. But I've accepted the fact that if I am, then I'm okay with it. And I'm not going, you're not my husband and he's dead and you're not and I shouldn't be here and this because I did that. I did that in the very beginning. Every time I went on a bad date, I would go, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't even be on this shitty date. And it was hard. And then I would feel this like overwhelming feeling of sadness again like I was going through the motions of grieving all over again because there were some dates that were just not bad they were horrible like the men were mean the statements that they said were like just rotten and that's just because they weren't comfortable with it I don't whatever they were going through whatever they were dealing with whatever it may have been there was something there that they just couldn't handle but I had to take it as this like oh, it hit me and deal with it and go, okay, this is where I now need to develop and go forward. But if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be here right now feeling the way that I feel and feeling this like empowerment of my, of myself. Like here's where I stand right now. Right now I'm in a very healthy place mentally and I'm okay with going out with someone, meeting someone, hanging out with someone, communicating, talking about maybe if this is the person, if not, then just letting it letting it unfold, letting life kind of develop into something that it it can be beautiful again. It can be romantic again. It can be blissfully happy again. And I could never have gotten there if I didn't go through the bullshit prior to it. So going through this kind of cultural change of dating for me was just like a whirlwind, but you see and you develop and you unfold throughout it and you're like, whoa. Especially, like I said, this text culture of you're not texting back fast enough. I am really like, I'm in this different different section of it. That's why I said earlier where I've gotten guys now lately that are like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't text back right away and I'm sorry I didn't see that, you know, or I'm, you know, sorry I, didn't, I haven't talked to you in a few days. I'm like, Oh man, you've really dealt with some beat ups, huh? Like it's like it's like you almost know that like you've dealt with like the pair you get that you see the dots going 
right? I, I'm sure everyone has been here in the single world. You see those three dots just do, 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 And you're like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they disappear and you're like, son of a bitch. Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden, like a couple minutes later, boom, bing, bing. There's a huge paragraph. And you're like, what is this going to say? And I'm telling you, if there's more than two scrolls to a text, good chance I'm not reading that entire thing. I'm like, I had to scroll three times to read this. Oh, you're lucky I read the first two sentences. Because my attention with anything I have to read on my phone, I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> That's why I print things still and I pull and I read them in paper in my hands. <laughs> I just hate reading on my phone. So it's funny. But yeah, that's I, I think that's where I'm going to end this one right now. I think there's way more to this one that I'm going to try to get more to talk more about this like dating culture in future ep- episodes. So thank you. I know this is a little bit longer than the first one that I did. And I hope you guys come back for episode three. Should be out in a few days. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting back into the swing of motion. So bear with me. And I tune in soon.